Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. My name is Josh, and I am joined by my friend and co-host Alex, and we are here. And it is time for the New York Giants offseason. We recapped the 2022 season, and if you want to check out that episode, that was our last episode. But in today's episode, it's on to the 2023 offseason. And first, we're going to be talking about the Senior Bowl, which we're really excited to do today. Um, that is going to be the main part of this episode, and we also have some Giants news to cover as well. Because you know, as we've been you know a week off from this, ep- you know, from recording our last episode, uh, there has been Giants news circling around, more coaching interviews happening, and um, it's starting to look like we're going to lose our offensive coordinator. Not like it hasn't already with all the coaching interviews he's been getting, uh, but Kafka looks to be heading to the Arizona Cardinals. But we're going to be talking about that later. Um, in the second half of this episode. First of all, my co-host Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. It's, you know, we had the Pro Bowl today when we we're recording this. Not that I actually watched it, if I'm going to be perfectly honest, but apparently it was much better than usual. So I'm glad for all the Pro Bowl fans out there that it was an improved product. And I'm, I'm excited. You know, next week's the Super Bowl. I'm nervous. I got to be honest, because if the Eagles win, I'm just not going to talk to anyone for two weeks. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm hopeful here that the Eagles will get crushed and, uh, I'm excited cause it's draft season soon, free agency season upcoming, uh, and just opportunity for this Giants team to improve. And that's the only thing that we can ask for as fans right now. Uh, there's no games going on in the off season, um, but you can win, uh, you know, during the season by making the right moves in the off season. So that's what this is all about. Love the draft. Think it's one of the most, you know, fun parts uh, besides the actual games itself, I think the draft is the best part of the NFL. Um, so I'm really, really excited for that, and I just can't wait. Um, and the Senior Bowl is like kind of that first. It's really the start of draft season, uh, if you really think about it. The Senior Bowl, then you get uh, you know the combine about a month later, a little less than a month later. Then you get some pro days, and then it's the draft. So the, you know the combine's usually like the halfway point. Um, and this is like kind of the start. So from here to the combine, you kind of start your specula- speculation. Uh, and then once you get the combine, you get those firm numbers in uh, from all the tests and stuff. You can kind of add that to supplement your, you know, scouting. And you're starting to get your draft board set for the end of April. So super excited. Yeah. And uh, I do want to clarify this in the beginning. I don't know if I sound a little bit stuffy or not. My nose is pretty stuffed up. I'm coming off a, a weekend of a cold. So Sucks when, of course, you know, we have these uh, flu seasons, these cold seasons, COVID seasons, whatever it is, when you're a podcaster, because the job as a podcaster is to talk. Uh, so if my voice sounds a little bit weird, like, you know, there's something stuck up my nose, uh, that's exactly what it is. But I hope I can still deliver the best product possible. Alex, how do I sound right now? We you sound, sound okay? amazing. No running going from the well? grind. No running from no the grind. No running from the grind. And we actually just recently mapped out our off-season program. Our planning Very has been concluded. Um, you know, everything stays according to plan and goes well. We do have a lot of content coming soon for you, just like we covered really well last offseason. We're hoping to do the same, if not shine a little bit brighter there. Just like the NFL is scripted, our uh, our <laughs> content scripted, and let me just say the script is juicy. 
So, uh, unfortunately, we were not able to go to Mobile, Alabama. Uh, but you know, I, you know, if the ne- if next year the NFL wants to hook us up with some tickets and some hotel stays o- over the few days that the practices and the games are, we'd love to go uh, and take some time off from our college experience. Or maybe we can go through college, Alex. We'll have to see how that goes. But anyway, for right now, we weren't able to go from Mo- to Mobile, Alabama. Uh, so we used our best knowledge of. Other opinions, uh, and we were able to gather some info, and out of that info, we were able to gather via Twitter, uh, and obviously not just looking at some random things, but some video clips that were there from the Senior Bowl, and uh, some people that are good at this stuff and know what they're doing, some draft reporters and so on, and we looked at some standouts from the Senior Bowl week, obviously concerning the Giants' needs, so that means we're not going to be going over like the top quarterbacks, although there were not really any top quarterbacks, because all of them pretty much did not do well uh, this past week, but it more goes over uh, the Giants' needs and maybe some depth positions as well. We have a couple running backs in here. Why is that? Well, right now the backup running back for the New York Giants is Gary Brightwell, which I'm not going to say he's trash. He did pretty good in the time that he was in the season, but that's just an example of, you know, the Giants might need some depth at running back if they don't um, bring back Matt Breida, who is an unrestricted free agent this offseason. Uh, so again, no order specifically. We just have guys and we have a couple notes on them. Alex, do you have any opening thoughts before we kind of go into this? Yeah, I mean, what I'd say about the Senior Bowl is that it's a really, really good chance for some of these guys from smaller schools. Um, you know, I'm you know not necessarily the smallest schools, but you know, just running through our list here. Um, you know, looking at certain guys. Um, for example, here I'm trying to find a good example. All right, here's here's the best one I can find right now. Isaiah Land um, from Florida A&M. You know, not maybe your most you know thought of school when you're thinking of college, uh, you know, football and prospects here. But he's a guy who maybe didn't play the best competition usually. But now when all these guys are coming together and it's kind of the best against the best, you can really see, um, you know, who who's really at that level, who's really not at that level, where they can play uh, and how they can play. So I think. Overall, the Senior Bowl's a really, really underrated, um, I think, from the outside perspective, not among NFL GMs and scouts, because I do think you always see all the big names there watching the Senior Bowl, but um, in terms of maybe the outside public who's more inclined by the Combine, I think the Senior Bowl you get a lot more out of uh, than you even do the Combine, despite the Combine obviously having a ton more players than the Senior Bowl has, but you know the practices are obviously the most important. Uh, and then the game itself is kind of fun to see what, you know, all these players would look like in a game setting. Um, so overall, I think it's a really, really good, uh, you know, judge for a whole bunch of different prospects. And a lot of times uh, you start looking at these guys early on and then you could kind of see their development, uh, whether it gets to the combine and then to their pro days, etc. cetera, uh, even as a player just through this small draft process. Yeah, and uh, Joe Shane actually with uh, his company were there. A lot of guys were sent to Mobile, Alabama. They were all wearing the uh, Tough, Strong, Dependable, I believe is the order that uh, shirt or sweatshirt or whatever goes in that the Giants, you know, uh, front office there were kind of rocking with, which is Joe Shane's motto. Um, It was exciting to see them. And I would like to say this, Alex, we were talking earlier in the episode about how our content is going to be pretty good. Well, I remember actually in research to this, seeing what we did last year and comparing the content to now, it was you, I wasn't there for some reason, maybe you were just free, filming a five-minute video about the Senior Bowl last year, which was mainly just talking about the quarterbacks, and Malik Willis, if you remember him, he was at the Senior Bowl last year, and that was it. So we've already upped the content because we're talking about a bunch more players than just like the three that were like Sam Howell, Malik Willis, and there was like one other guy, maybe Sam Ellinger. 
at that point? No idea. Could have been. I don't remember. But I, I'm Ellinger just saying. was the year before. Who knows, though? Oh, whatever. We're, we're stepping it up. That's all I'm trying to say Upgrades, here. So let's, people. Upgrades. In, in no particular order, we're going to start out with wide receiver Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson out of Stanford. He's six foot one, 216 pounds. He was actually named the best pass catcher at the Senior Bowl by PFF. Specifically, Alex, it was uh, our, our guy, a uh, former guest on this podcast, Trevor Sikama, um, who came on last year. We're hoping to have him back on again for draft coverage, who actually helped name him on his show uh, the best pass catcher at the Senior Bowl, uh, Wilson was. He caught four passes for a game-high 76 yards on Saturday, including the game-sealing touchdown in the fourth quarter. I guess we'll rotate every two because, you know, it's kind of quick notes here. The second guy we have on the list here, running back Evan Hull. Uh, Hull, I, I think it's pronounced H-U-L-L, from Northwestern. 5'10", 214-pound running back. He finished with the game high, 74 yards. Uh, no one else had more than 40 yards in that game. On only 10 carries, he also ca- he also caught the ball uh, on both of his targets for 11 yards. He carried the ball five times, 41 yards, on the opening drive, and then later shed multiple tackles on an inside run for about 18 yards. Alex, you got the next two? Yeah, all right. So moving on now uh, to running back TJ Spears out of Tulane, a school that's really uh, starting to produce a lot more high-quality players um, for the draft than they have in the past. So uh, big ups to their program, really improving. 5'10", 204, um, and he has just outstanding quickness. He was great uh, all week in the team drills. Um, he had great tempo and vision with electric feet. And really with this guy, you're getting a great receiving threat uh, along with the running back threat You know, in, out of the backfield. He's a guy who runs routes almost as good as a wide receiver, has good hands as well. Uh, So he's going to be a guy that I think, you know, almost a Naeem Hines type player where he can really do uh, good stuff. I already have the NFL comparisons. I already have the NFL comparisons. This is actually the guy I've done the most uh, research on so far. So and um, and valid. uh, It does. uh, I do believe. Sorry that uh, he was the top guy, top running back wise. Top running back uh, out of the senior bowl. Definitely the guy to watch out for out of all of these running backs uh, in the senior bowl. Yeah, so overall, I think for a team possibly even like the Giants, where they already have a a great runner in Saquon Barkley, a different change of pace here uh, with Spears, I think certainly could be great, uh, especially as a third down back out of the backfield. So certainly interesting there. Um, Linebacker, uh, Yvonne Pace Jr. out of Cincinnati, uh, 5'10", 231, actually transferred to Cincinnati from Miami of Ohio. Um, Pace had a game high 10 tackles uh, and was pretty much everywhere during the senior bowl game, I guess you can say per se, has abilities out on the edge, rushing the passer, uh, along with playing on the inside. So uh, overall, a nice flexible piece, but still kind of unknown of of where his best position is uh, on the defensive side, but he's a little bit he doesn't really have the length to play the edge rusher position, but he's also a little small as a linebacker. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how his career pans out. At this moment, do we know where Pierce is pro- uh, Spears excuse me, is projected in the draft? Oh, okay, sixth round is what I just found from NFL Draft Boss. So uh, it could be a very well good day three pickup uh, for the Giants, but definitely was the number one uh, running back coming out of the Senior Bowl. We move on to the next guy here, edge rusher Isaiah Land from Florida A&M. Six foot three, 226 pounds. He played at inside linebacker and edge rusher during the week's practice. Uh, I believe he mainly plays edge. The coaches there wanted him to expand himself a little bit, uh, his versatility maybe, and played a bit of inside linebacker. 
Um, he during the game at least he played edge as that that is what uh, was his main position in college at Florida A and M. He actually got a big sack late in the game. It's interesting to see how his draft process goes because he's a tall friend at six foot three, uh, but he needs to put on more weight to become a big part of an NFL defense off the edge. He's been he's going to be facing big offensive linemen, big offensive tackles, and being six three. 226. If you look at the guy behind him, uh, who Alex, you just talked about, Pace out of Cincinnati, he's a linebacker. He's only 5'10", and he weighs more uh, than Land. Uh, so remember, Pace Jr. out of Cincinnati, linebacker, 5'10", 231, and then Isaiah Land out of Florida A&M is 6'3", 226 pounds. So he's 5 pounds lower, yet he's about, what is that, 5 inches taller around there? So mm-hmm. you're going to have to bulk up a little bit if you want to play um, you know, on an NFL team, especially if you want to play against NFL offensive tackles off the edge. So we'll have to see if he bulks up. But again, another uh, standout guy from these practices at the Senior Bowl and the game itself. Did I only do one? Yeah, I think I you did. Go, go one. Go no, I only guy. did one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cornerback Julius Brents out of Kansas State, six foot three, two hundred two pounds. He's loose and fluid for a big player at the position. Uh, that's the quote I got from Daniel Jeremiah. Now you can go to the next person, Alex. All right, moving on now to linebacker Dayon Henley out of Washington State, uh, 6'2", 232 pounds. Um, he's really a great guy in coverage, uh, instinctive out of the backfield, uh, you know, going into the backfield as well, and he can really keep up with some of the faster guys, um, you know, whether that be out of the backfield or in coverage, and he really is uh, kind of your typical sideline-to-sideline uh, linebacker, so definitely has great potential to be a very solid player in the NFL, um, and I think he could possibly sneak into day two. Looks like he's more of a day three, early day three guy at the current projections. Obviously, ton changes as we get to the combine and uh, you know pro days as well. Moving on now to Edge Will McDonald out of Iowa State. Uh, he's 6'3", 236 pounds. He is probably the best pure pass rusher at the Senior Bowl. Um, and he is just a freak athlete. Uh, he's quick. He's athletic. He's got a great vertical. His length is great. Uh, and he's probably going to be, uh, you know, one of the better players coming out of this senior bowl. And he's projected to go uh, pretty early on on day two. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Um, and he's going to put up some great numbers at the combine. Yeah, Alex, I think you had the luck of getting both of the back-to-back best players at their respective position in the Senior Bowl. And he first started out with Henley out of Washington State. For many reporters who were there, they stated that Henley was a great uh, guy there and was probably the best linebacker at the uh, Senior Bowl. I keep on wanting to say combine, but at the Senior Bowl. And um, that's a big thing to note. I saw also some people linking him with the Giants, saying he would be a good fit there. I mean, obviously, the Giants need a linebacker, so it's a pretty good you know, place to put him at. So that's that there. And then McDonald, the same thing, the best edge. And you said that the best edge, uh, according to NFL network, the best pure pass rusher that was at the senior bowl. We move on to the next player here. This is a, just a, this is strong, tough, depend, dependable, whatever it is. The quote that, uh, Joe Shane likes to use. This is the guy right here. Uh, center, John Michael Smith, uh, I think is how you pronounce it out of Minnesota. He's six foot four, 320 pounds. 
This is because he is, I think, like a fifth or a sixth year guy uh, coming out of college now. He's been a senior for a little bit longer than most, uh, but he was the most consistent offensive lineman at the senior bowl. You can tell uh, because of how old he is, how many, how much time he's had in college football to kind of develop, but old and dependable. He might have been the most consistent player overall. Strong, powerful, and tough uh, were the words that I used to describe him from seeing him on tape and from what I read uh, from other reporters. But that's also who I heard of from the Talking Giants guys. That's just that I think it was Bobby Skinner, who's obviously the offensive line guy for them. Uh, you know, played in college and in high school. That was the position he played, so he knows the position well. He said that uh, the Smith, I can't even say it, Smiths. John Mike John I'm gonna say John John uh you know played really well at the position throughout the senior bowl and was kind of just the most consistent guy just because probably he's older and he's like that fifth or sixth year senior so anyway I'm gonna stop talking about him there because I can't even pronounce his name correctly and go to the next guy here which is uh the very good wide receiver Jaden Reed who performed well for Michigan State six foot 185 pounds he won many reps cleanly during one-on-ones and separation that was the key and he got that a few different ways from whether it was subtle hesitation body fakes and a Skilled throttle uh, to tempo corners off his route path is what I got from the athletic. And Reed, and again, I'm quoting the Talking Giants guys here because they were there. Uh, but what they basically were saying was that this is just a consistent wide receiver two or three in the NFL. Kind of comparing him a little bit, this is what I'm doing, comparing him a little bit to uh, Darius Slayton maybe. Where he just consistently will get that 600, 700 yards every season in the NFL consistently for three to five straight seasons. So again, not your number one threat. Probably a guy that will go later in this draft, but someone that's dependable, and that's someone like Jaden Reed. All right, moving on to probably, like I feel like we've been saying this over and over again, but one of the best players at the Senior Bowl, um, Osiris Torrance out of Florida. He's 6'5", 337 pounds, but plays the guard position. Um, so he's an interesting one because usually when you get to that 6'5", or above range, uh, you're usually looking at a tackle here. Um, but it is he is actually uh, a pure guard who's played four years, four-year starter for Florida, didn't surrender a single sack his whole career, um, and his just dominance as a run blocker uh, was you know very much seen at the Senior Bowl as well. Um, and he overall he has strong hands. Um, he's very quick laterally, you know, despite his huge size and frame. So he's projected to go in the first round, uh, and I'm excited to see where he goes. The Giants do need interior offensive line help. Do I think they, you know, will this guy even possibly get to the Giants at 25? Who even knows? Um, but he's an elite run blocker with all the tools uh, to potentially be an elite pass blocker as well. So uh, really excited to see uh, where he ends up. And then moving on to the next player I have here is cornerback Darius Rush out of South Carolina. He's 6'1", 196 pounds, um, perfect size pretty much for a corner, and he was surprisingly good. Not a lot of people expected it, um, I guess you can say. Um, he was just consistent, uh, consistently solid in all the practices, um, and he was just making it a really tough time for all the receivers, um, and he actually got up to 21 miles per hour uh, at the Senior Bowl, which is pretty impressive as well. Um, and he's a, a guy who can definitely bring the blitz off the edge as well. Um, and his tackling skills and play recognition is something that gives him, you know, something that's a little bit different from some of the other uh, corners in this class and at the Senior Bowl. 
All right, so I got a couple things on each of these guys. So Torrance was actually mocked to the New York Giants uh, recently. I forget who it was. Maybe it was Bucky Brooks's first uh, NFL Network first uh, 1.0 mock draft. But Torrance was definitely mocked to the New York Giants mm-hmm. in one of the most recent kind of big uh, first-round mock drafts. So that's something to note there, I guess. But, yeah, first-round talent. And then Rush, uh, the 21 miles an hour, that was the, actually f- the, that was the fastest clocked time from what any of the players at the Senior Bowl. So... That's a stat impressive. there. Yeah, yeah and very impressive. Um, and then the final guy we have here, someone we haven't covered position-wise, tight end. Uh, the Giants probably need a tight end, as their backup there is Nick Vanette, I guess you could say, uh, behind Dane Belton. Dane Belton. Whoa, Daniel Bellinger. There we go. Tight end Payne Durham from Purdue. He had an insane touchdown catch in double coverage. He also uh, has a quick release, and he has good hands, which makes him an, which makes him an explosive pass catcher. And he also does a good job blocking. And that's what you need in the NFL. Tight ends in the NFL, they have to be good blockers. It starts with that. Whether it's Honestly, some teams even value in their tight end blocking first before Pat's catching. Unless you're looking at a guy in the Jacksonville Jaguars like Evan Ingram, former New York Giant, who is more used as wide receiver. You look at the top receivers, uh, top tight ends in the NFL, like Travis Kelsey, like George Kittle. Those guys, yes, they make insane plays when they catch the ball. They are also very good blockers. Mm-hmm. So uh, Payne Durham shows that right there. He can do a good job blocking in the run game. And he was also quite efficient during the senior ball uh, in the passing game as well. So that is the tight end that we have listed. And then Alex, do you have anything on Durham? Because you're the, you added him. So Yeah, I mean, Durham in general, he this tight end class is really strong. Uh, you know, some of these experts are saying that it could possibly be two to three to possibly even four tight ends in the first round. Uh, which is something that we haven't seen in a while. Obviously, we had Kyle Pitts a couple years back, who's uh, who's an elite talent. Fortunately, he's stuck in Atlanta and hasn't really been able to show it yet, but he's certainly an elite talent. Um, and I think, you know, you've got Mayer um, from Notre Dame, who's going to be going really high up, and Durham potentially uh, is raising his value here with his really good performance in the Senior Bowl. So exciting to see uh, how this tight, uh, tight end position ends up in the draft. And for the Giants, you already got Daniel Bellinger, but if you can complement uh, him with another nice tight end, maybe in the mid rounds here, don't think Durham's going to get that far, unfortunately. Um, it could be uh, a, a nice, uh, you know, another option for Daniel Jones in the passing game. And then finally, it's important to note, or kind of interesting to note, I guess you could say, that the New York Giants have Princeton wide receiver Andre Yeshivas on their radar. Quote, I've known about him since early December, Joe Shane told the New York Daily News because of Odell Beckham's agent, Zeke Sandu, I guess that's how you pronounce his name, I'm not 100%, uh, brought him up, which that's interesting that Odell Beckham's agent is bringing up another wide receiver, unless he's also Yeshivash's agent, yeah, I don't know for sure, um, but anyway, he said, uh, and I thought he showed up well yesterday, being the senior bowl, he's a big good looking kid and he caught the ball well. Uh, according to the Draft Network, uh, Yoshivash is an All-American track star for Princeton with a 6.71 60-meter and a 39-inch vertical at 6'3", 200 pounds. The Princeton wide receiver might actually look to break the NFL's uh, scouting combine 40-yard dash record, although he's projected to go late in the draft, 4th, 5th, or 6th round, maybe a day 3 guy you're looking at there. Um, it would be cool if he breaks the 40-yard dash record. You know, we, we all love the 40-yard dash, even though it means nothing when it comes to football, really, if you if you think they about it. They should really make them. I, I've been saying this every year. you got to make them run the 40-yard dash and do all these drills in pads, then make it realistic. There you go. 
Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the 40-yard dash is really just like a celebrity contest. Like, it's just like who can run faster, but it really has nothing to do. I I would definitely say that the other drills help. Uh, I mean, the bench press, it shows strength. Uh, Maybe, but those two between the bench press and the 40-yard dash are the least kind of NFL-worthy type of drills. But definitely, like, the pass-catching one, where the wide receivers are kind of running down the field, I mean, that shows their ability to pass catch because yeah, gauntlet yeah it's, yeah, it's a good drill. yeah 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 it is a good drill but um anyway so that would be cool but what i've been reading about him though is he is a track star so he he's not really not saying he's not focused on football he's very good at football uh but he still needs to learn the wire seat position more and more as all youngsters do and college football players do obviously they can always improve and learn more uh, but i think he's got a long way to go to becoming a receiver in the NFL and a consistent quality receiver at that. And that is, do you have any final thoughts uh, on the, on the senior bowl? Not really, to be honest. I think there's a, a, a lot of good players here this year, maybe not the same quality of players that we saw last year in terms yeah. of the, some more high profile guys, but I think there was certainly a nice mix here and certainly a lot of guys who helped their draft stock. Yeah, I definitely agree, Alex. I mean, really exciting stuff from the senior bowl and it's kind of cool uh, as our first uh, start to the 2023 offseason that we're already getting into these college draft prospects in early February. It's, it's getting me amped up, and I'm really excited heading towards, <laughs> heading towards the uh, the NFL draft. So let's go, I guess, to our next news at hand here, which is the New York Giants news, because we are a New York Giants podcast. We recap the Senior Bowl and some guys at different positions that could very well help the Giants with their team needs. It's time to talk New York Giants now and what's going on with the team itself. While offensive coordinator Mike Kafka was interviewed by the Cardinals for their head coaching job this past Tuesday, he already met with the Texans, Colts, and Panthers. Uh, that was this past Tuesday, like I said. Well, according to Albert Beard, Albert Breer, an NFL reporter, the Cardinals will conduct a second interview with Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo on Friday, which you remember Anarumo, who's actually in the running for the Giants head coach job, right? Uh, when they were yeah. looking for Brian Dable. Or was it the defensive coordinator job? No, uh, head coach. Was it head coach? Okay. Uh, So he's also getting a second interview as well as Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka. Uh, Timing to be determined. We don't know when it's going to be. The interview as of now are going to be on Zoom. Those are the two finalists until today. And we found out our uh, former friend who likes to sue the Giants, Brian Flores, is the third. Uh, Did you hear about this, Alex? I did not. Yeah, Brian Flores, wow. the third known finalist. So this is breaking news to you. Yeah, uh, earlier today, about a few hours ago from when we were recording this Sunday night, it was a third known finalist for this job. And, and the Colts right now are still doing their finalists, right? And he, and I believe Kafka, is Kafka, no, Kafka's not with the uh, Colts, it's Wink who's in as a finalist with the Colts um, right now too. I mean, Kafka met with the Colts. Yeah, but he wasn't named a, a, a second interview, I believe, whereas but Wink was. Wink was, yeah. So, so, I mean, theoretically, right, because this right now it's a one, it's a 33% chance based off of, you know, just sheer luck here um, yeah. that they could go Mike Kafka's direction. Um, you know, personally, out of those, you know, choices, like I'm not even being biased. I know Josh is going to say I'm going to be biased, but I think Lou Anarumo has done That's a great, what my dad says too, though. Like, he's done I mean, a great, he's done a great job for that Bengals team. You look at that defense besides Jesse Bates, you know. And and um oh my god who's the edge guy that I'm oh I always forget Trey Hendrickson like they don't have a ton of talent there uh, on that Bengal I mean they have Eli Apple as one of their top corners so I I think what he's done to turn that team into an elite defense is it's truly impressive uh, considering they don't have a ton of pieces back there so uh, I'm a 
Uh, I'm impressed by Lou Anarumo. I think he deserves the head coaching job. To be honest, I think Mike, Mike Kafka needs another year probably before he got, but I understand the hype, right? Um, for Mike Kafka. So I would understand if he were to get the job here. Brian Flores, not really sure, to be honest, at this point. Um, I think he's a good coach. He definitely deserves another chance. I just don't know if it's going to be in the Cardinals. I'm not sure if that's the best fit for him, to be perfectly honest. But who knows, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. I, I Again, I still hope that none of our guys leave uh, and get other jobs. And, and it's exciting for them. And I'm, I know I'm sounding selfish here, but no, I don't want my offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator getting a coaching job. I will wish them the best if they do, but I do not want them to go um, as of now. Let's move on to Sandro Platzcomer. He's going to be moving on from the New York Giants. Um, unfortunate to see him go. He didn't really get much play time with the 53-man roster. Uh, was part of the IPP, I think it's called, right? The International Player Program, something like that. So it is what it is. We'll have to see what his future plans are if he ends up going with another team. But it's been a few a few years he's been on the Giants. I think two or three now. Uh, but sad to see him go, but it is what it is. Just wanted to throw that new news piece in here. We also have this news uh, about Daniel Jones, according to athletic writer Jeff Howe. Joe Shane and the Giants remain committed to keeping Daniel Jones. We kind of knew this already, uh, but he said in his article, Howe said in his article, quote, the preference in each case, unsurprisingly, each case meaning it was him and Geno Smith were kind of linked together, Jones and Smith, but uh, unsurprisingly is to reach an extension that will keep all sides happy rather than use the franchise tag. It's still too early to know how either deal will pay out. So that's the news with Daniel play Jones. Out, not pay out. <laughs> play out. Uh, and um, But we, we knew Daniel Jones is already really sticking around, and I think that's pretty obvious as well as that the Giants are going to franchise tag him because they're probably going to want to leave that open for another player like running back Saquon Barkley. Speaking of free agency and cap space, it's now confirmed the New York Giants will have the fourth most salary cap space heading into the free agency. Uh, they you know, got that number confirmed after the NFL put out their salaries for the 2023. Uh, and then it's $44.4 million in available cap space for this Giants team. Chicago Bears have the most. I think it's $93 million, something like that. Obviously, that all adjusts with you know certain cuts. <coughs> Galladay, um, and uh, you know we'll we'll see what happens there. But I would assume that number will be moving up. Uh, you know Leonard Williams as well with that thirty-two million dollar cap hit. So we'll see. But uh, good good news here for the Giants, and hopefully they don't make any huge splashes, but bring in some guys who can make an impact. You have anything else? I mean, I know I keep on saying that. I feel like I've said that. Like I mean, three times I don't. I, I'm just you know really hoping here because it looks like it's, there could there's a chance. I wouldn't say it's a huge chance, but there's a chance that both our coordinators could be I gone. Know. I know. Um, and uh, that that's certainly concerning. But hopefully Painful. we hang on to both. Uh, and if not, at least one of them sticks around. And um, you know, if you know, I guess it is what it is. Luckily, we have Brian Dable here uh, to ride out the process, no matter how it all ends up with Kafka and Martindale. But besides that, you know, it's been a good episode. It's been a lot of fun actually going through the senior bowl guys, talking a little bit about the giants, um, coordinator situation, that part, not so fun. Um, but you know, it is fun to hope that they are still sticking around, uh, next year. Uh, and luckily Alex, no matter what happens, if Mike Kafka or Wink Martindale leaves the New York giants or they stay, it will not stop us. The Giant Take podcast will roll on and continue yes, sir. with this off-season content. And uh, if you want to continue listening to the Giant Take podcast or watching on our YouTube channel, 
You can go to the Giant Take podcast and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or go to shippingstudios.com slash giant take to find out a bunch of places to listen to this show. You can also follow us on social media, on Twitter and TikTok, the Giant Take Pod. That's our username. And then the Giant Take Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Alex on Twitter at adorian 23 I'm on Twitter at joshsholo29. Also rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We would really appreciate it. What we're going to do is probably, hopefully, come back later this week with a normal type of season Friday episode release uh, if we're able to get Giants news. I mean, I hope it's that Wink Martindale and you know Mike Kafka don't get either job with the Colts or the Cardinals, if that's the case, or if it's Mike Kafka and Wink Martindale both get their jobs with the Colts and Cardinals. Uh, we'll be here regardless of the two scenarios for that, so... Uh, we're hoping to get enough Giants news, or maybe we start our, our positional, because that's what we're going to be starting next week. Maybe we'll start our, our positional um, draft previews. But regardless, we're hoping to have an episode later this week on Friday uh, and also give you your little Super Bowl preview and your picks Ooh. for the Super Bowl. Who's going to win? Chiefs versus Eagles. I who wonder are we who we're going to pick. Who are we going to pick? I don't know. We'll see. Well, I guess you'll have to wait and see. Uh, to hear that. But anyway, without further ado, uh, again, enjoy this episode just like you did, Alex, and I'll let you close it out. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and we'll see you next time, hopefully with both our coordinators looking forward to an Eagles loss. Peace. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.